So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm joined by Sean Taylor, who is a team manager at uh, a recruitment business called Premier Group. Uh, and Sean currently manages a team of 11, uh, and all of these people recruit into the IT sector. Sean, thank you for joining me. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having and, me. And I think we'll start with, so it was your, your chap that used to work for you, Max, you said. Yes, who uh, put us in touch. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, mate. Max spoke very highly of you. <laughs> oh, dear. I know. So, um, yeah. So, as I was saying, mate, as, as you know, um, and what we were just talking about, where I always like to start is, how did uh, Sean Taylor enter the world of uh, recruitment, mate? Let's start there. Um, yeah, I would say Semi fell into it. Semi tried to get into it in truth. Okay. Um, went to university did what everyone does at university, business, criminology, just something to... What did you do at uni? Uh, business, criminology. Okay, yeah. I looked at criminology and then I was like, nah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a struggle. <laughs> Shouldn't have done it. Um, rolled out of that. The job market was pretty good. That would have been about 2007, I think. Yeah. Um, decided to go travelling for a year. Okay. But I called, you know, I'll bust myself out. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, get yeah. a job when I come back. Um Towards the end of travelling, you started hearing murmurs that there's a recession hitting. Oh, wow. I was in Australia at the time and in some decent money. Yeah. Oh, recession, what's this? Come back, that long list of jobs on, you know, Milk Crowns and all those other websites with all those recruitment, uh, recruitment jobs, with all those graduate jobs, had completely disappeared. <laughs> uh, so I was in for a bit of a shock. Uh, luckily, my father, I say luckily, um, he got me into door-to-door sales for about six into, weeks. How did you get you into that? Well, he told me I needed a job. Really? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd been applying for, for jobs for, I don't know, three, four weeks. And he was just saying, look, you can talk, get yourself out there, knock on doors. You've only got to make one, you know, generate a couple of leads. And yeah. if something turns to money, it's six, seven hundred quid, which at the time yeah, 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 I was keen yeah. to do. Didn't really realise that knocking on 70 to 100 doors oh each day Wait, what in the pouring rain. what was this for? Windows, so even worse. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, fair but, play, though. Yeah, it was good. I, I, I would, that definitely has installed some of the some, things yeah, yeah, that are about serious me. Serious grant, yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, got out of that very quickly. So about six, about six months. Um, and then I went into a call center. I wanted something with a base salary. Yeah. A little bit of sanity. Um, what was you selling there? Uh, it was no, it was a call center. It was just like customer for, service. Yeah, for a, um, uh, Viva. Um, okay. Th- that shut Insurance. down. Insurance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah My even, little world, mate. Oh, it was it was hard graft. Yeah. People ringing up from certain locations saying yeah, that I their house is collapsing. Yeah. Anyway, did that, um, and then I jumped into a NVQ based organisation that was selling apprenticeships into companies. Okay. So. You know, do, do you want somebody? Do you want to pay somebody three pound twenty an hour? All you've got to do is um, let an NBC, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, an assessor come in once every two weeks, and they can gain a qualification. Um, I did that for about six to seven months, mm. but it's hard graft. You're working with people that are looking to get into that sector. You had high dropout rates. The commission yeah. was next to nothing, obviously, because it was government funded. Mm. Um, so someone said I'll be good at recruitment, and. Yeah. Who said that? Uh, a couple of people that were, they were in the around industry? me at the time. No, no, it's completely blind. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I thought, right, go on then, I'll give it a go. So do you start look, looking to sort of go into it? Yeah, so I booked off a couple of days, went down to the Berkshire area, mm. spent a day of interviewing with a set of companies. Mm. Would you use a rectorate? Yeah, I, the age old, you go into a rectorate. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I haven't got a clue what's going on. Next yeah. thing I know, I'm being beasted to high heaven. Yeah. You know, sell me a pen, do Mate, this. Mate, you must have been like, the again, the perfect candidate though. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, door-to-door search, yeah. call centre, selling stuff. Why are you wearing a black tie? Sell me this pen. You got, you had all that? Yeah, you, you bet, you, you're not going to a funeral. Why are you wearing that? Do your top, button? like everything. Really? And it's like, right, now I'm going to send you out to four clients. Mm. I'm there shaking, thinking, right, okay, I'll go to four interviews now. Yeah. And yeah, Clearly, didn't get any of the jobs there. Uh, <laughs> Did you not? No, he was. This guy was pumping me to to some of the recruitment companies then, who were clearly still doing very well. And they, I'd rocked up with this apprenticeship experience mm. selling. Obviously, this rectorate had probably said I've got recruitment experience. Yeah. And then they've, they've thrown me in and expected me to to make out like I'm, I'm billing some sort of money when yeah. I wasn't. Um. So that didn't go particularly well. But I was still keen to give it another go. So I came down for a second day. Spent a couple of hours with Premier, didn't think anything of it because my confidence was shot. Really? And then, yeah, I got a phone call the following Monday. Saying what, so what did you, offer. Oh, so did you, as in like, just interviewed with Premier and then? Well, I came down, I interviewed with them and a couple of other companies, mm. but I'd be lying if I said that the first, that first day I went for interviewing, whatever it was, a couple of weeks before that, you know, that, that played its toll on me in terms of, or yeah. taken its toll in terms of, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I thought I'd give it one last go because I'm, yeah. You know, resilience, mate. Yeah, from the start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then there you go. I went home that weekend and thought, well, that's that. That's that's me knocked on the head. I better go back to my job Monday and pretend like nothing's changed. Yeah, and then luckily I got a phone call saying, "Can you start in two weeks? You better find a place to live and come move down to Berkshire." Wow. And you was moving from where? Uh, a little a little place called Boston in Lincolnshire. Okay. Sort of, yeah, in the middle. Out in the stick. Yeah, very much so. Nice, mate. And then so and then obviously ever since then. You've been at Premier for... Uh, it'd be nine years this month, actually. Mate, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. generally, I think I've sat down with a lot of people recently that have been in one recruitment company for a long time. And I think, honestly, in, in today's 
world of looking for jobs and always wanting the next best thing and all that, I think that's a great achievement to, particularly in recruitment, right? Like yeah. nine years in one recruitment business is like 30 years in a different <laughs> industry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and especially as we've evolved with the industry as well. Mm. You know, I've been, been at one one recruitment company, Premier, but it's like they've changed, you know, two or three times. Yeah. Like I've, I've gone with them on their journey. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. So what year, what year did you join Premier? Uh... 2011 2011 okay cool so then just to frame up then for everyone listening you've you've been on that typical route of joined as a consultant and then climbed up the ranks of how did it go like senior consultant principal or what was the typical what's the route that you've been down yes yeah, so you start off as a rookie obviously spend i think back then because they wanted people on the phones pretty quickly it was mm. two weeks resourcing luckily mm. i managed to make a placement what in two weeks uh, as in no no they contributed to found a candidate oh, so okay. still though yeah That's con- decent. contributed towards a placement as a resourcer so that probably got me recruitment completed it two weeks well that probably just kept me in my job in <laughs> <laughs> back then the resources it'd be like right can i find candidates yes they can lovely we'll get one client no they can't what's the purpose uh but no so did that um okay. and then obviously built i was into a, a, a rookie recruiter then mm. um got through my sign off and then it was yeah senior consultant lead consultant team lead and now team manager team manager yeah, yeah. and now you manage 11 people yes yeah um and have you always been in the same sort of sector or? uh yeah um i've always been in it, IT uh, yeah. did a couple of years in development around dot net yeah, microsoft okay. and then i moved over to infrastructure and then later into devops okay that's interesting. Yeah. So and then up so then I think we just chatting before, but just to help me out as well before we sort of start unpacking this, like like pr- the majority of those nine years and have you always built or yeah, yeah, up until four three, four months ago. Oh wow, okay. So predominantly build. Yeah. And then slowly but surely obviously gaining more and more management responsibility to where now it's like your role is to get the most out of the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. First twelve months then? Oh, it's hell. Like, absolute really? hell. Um, you know, fresh, got the job. First day, rock up, I think it was half nine. I thought, okay, this is nice. Um, mm. You finish at half five. The manager taps you on the shoulder and goes, oh, tomorrow. Obviously, that was because you was your induction. Can you get yourself in for sort of, I think it was eight o'clock. <laughs> so I've, I drove back to my mate's dad's house while staying on his sofa. Um, okay, all right. Cool, it's eight o'clock now. Okay, I can deal with that. Um, and then you know, lo and behold, goes from eight o'clock till rather than half five, you're there till six, half six, seven. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I listened to one of your podcasts, um, that you've done recently about someone you know, if you'd have said, if you'd look back and said, Look, if you'd have told me at the start, I'd have taken XYZ to yeah. get you where you needed to be, yeah, you know, that, that that's a tough old thing to go, Yeah, I'll do that again, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, you know. The first 12, probably even longer, the first 12 to 15 months was hard graft. Really? Um, really putting the work effort? Yeah, work, the, putting the work in. Um, I've always been a big believer in, which obviously has changed over time because I've matured, but the, the more work, you, the more effort you put in, the more you're going to get out. But as we know, it's not just about it's effort. Always, yeah. It's about working smart as well. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. Why, why didn't you quit then? Um, if I'm being honest, I don't want to be classed as a failure. Yeah. Um, I'd moved down from living with my parents to uh, my mate's dad's sofa so not much of an upgrade yeah. uh, um, I didn't want to no, go but yeah you went all in right yeah I, did, I didn't want to go like back then what I was 22, 23 um, so started a little bit later than what a lot of some people do I didn't want to go back home and admit like, yeah. that I was you know I've tried something and it hasn't worked yeah. 
later in life, you know, I promote people trying things. If it doesn't work, that's you know, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Don't worry. But back then, I just was like, no, I'm. This is going to. This is I'm going to work. Committed. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, so those first 12, 15 months in them were really difficult. Was it? So literally after two weeks, was you then trying to get clients? Was it a full three sixty rough? Yeah, three sixty. Obviously, from from week two, week three, yeah, you, you you're given quite a lot of training in terms yeah. of what to do. But yeah, it was here's a couple of clients to be getting on with, but they were the scraps. Yeah, the scraps. Get just to make you you know keep you interested. There's the, there's the database. Yeah. Go at it and go and uh, go on with clients. Because how how big were Premier at that point? Because obviously they're they're a big big um, outfit. They were. Oh, that's a good question. There's probably about. 40, 50, really? something around that. Um, probably about 25 an hour office, Twenty, probably about 40 to 50 in terms of consultants. Yeah, and then there's, so there's a good amount of people in Reading where you was based. Yeah, the, I mean, I joined a pretty small team um, that I assume the recession had probably taken over, taken hold of. I joined a team of like four or five, but then on the engineering team, there was sort of seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so you're probably, probably looking at about 30 to 35 yeah. consultants actually looking back at it. What did you build in your first year, mate? Uh, about 60k is it absolutely nothing really and it was our graft really um, yeah just focused on all the wrong things what, what was the biggest challenge in those first 12-15 months I would you say changed my mindset changing my mindset the mindset of yeah, I, don't, I do all the things that rookies and, and people new into the business would do I'd overwork the wrong roles I wouldn't mm. consult I would be yes sir no sir free bags full sir in terms yeah. of that's big that when you realise that yeah you know not, well, just being, not being a yes man it's, it's you know get off the phone to a client and, and like you know the, the first person you spoke to in about 60 calls because it was clearly it was a, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. four hours a day 100 dials by lunch that sort of scenario straight off the bat you know you get off the phone to your manager I've got a job <laughs> absolute no quality to it whatsoever <laughs> barely qualified it I'm just happy I've been given a job mate you're absolutely buzzing isn't you? Uh, yeah, you get yeah job. you've got to fill it yes definitely yeah definitely. yeah yeah what is it oh it's a, it's, it's, it's a grad role it's, it's not grad season short don't worry I'll find some <laughs> so if you did manage Love that. It, it was only three and a half grand four grand so no, <laughs> yeah it took me a long while to realise that if you've got to do it you've got to do it properly mm. yeah so it was yeah so it was just the typical challenges but mindset was quite big then early on then yeah yeah it had to be um yeah to, to the outside world it was never i was doing well but if people back home would ask you know how are you getting on i'd just say you know it's tough and it, it'd sort of be left at that you know if I, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd need a therapist if i told really what happened <laughs> <laughs> was it was you um was you surrounded by quite, um, big billers at the start? Yeah. Um, really? One of uh, my manager at the time was a really good biller. Really? Um, he was more contract focused. Um, and he was a, what was he at the time? Was he a lead, team lead? Yeah. Um, but he was purely, fo- no, he was focused on, on on billing. So he would give, he, he would do the training and he'd provide support. But you, you can't blame him when he's not got much around him and mm. he's been such a successful biller. Mm. He's got to focus on that. Mm. So I had him around me and somebody else that was on my team. She was probably six, seven months ahead of me. I think she'd been there a bit longer and she started to see results. So it was someone who was only billing like 60K, someone who was doing 150 yeah. I was seeing her as a yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. How, yeah I was going to say how do you how do you think it's interesting that I think I saw a video um, recently around like what was it I think how did you word it it was really good it was like you can only you can you can only, you can't be what you can't see yeah 
I think that's really interesting, isn't it? Like, because I think there's a lot of people, like, again, this is a great thing about the podcast where they can go, they may think that them billing 100K is like really, really, really decent. And then they hear with someone that in the same market's billing 200 or whatever. And it's like, oh, fuck, actually, that's actually realistic or that's actually achievable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, how, how do you think? How do you think being around that impacted you early on, do you think? If um, at all? It, it was good, but at the same time, again, maybe because a little bit green, a little bit naive, mainly because it's probably my fault, but because both of the people that I looked up to were both contract. Oh, and you it, was doing perm? Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it, was, it was almost like, although it's still relatable to a degree, because I teach, you know, perm and contract, I know they're different. The, 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 yeah, there's yeah. a lot of similarities in terms of, yeah. you, you know, you work at the speed you want to work and you can move a client along as quickly as a, as a contract if you work it mm. properly but at the time I just couldn't see I couldn't see the, the light from the you know the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of these guys are contract and earning a decent amount and I'm on perm just picking up some scrap so I didn't have that mm, fair enough. I didn't have somebody above that I could literally go how are you doing it explain to me how you're pulling these perm jobs how are you controlling yeah. these candidates how are you working consulting clients I didn't have that as much yeah um, so I'm not sure how much of an effect that Fair had. Fair enough, that's interesting, yeah. How, um, so when did it start clicking for you then? Um, would you say? It would probably, it properly started clicking probably after about year two in terms of um, sort of billings, um, mm. sort of hitting senior consultants. Um, Is that just done on billing? Yeah, uh, behavioural as well. Yeah. But you've got to sort of not, you've, you've got to unlock sort of 90k over six months, for example. You've mm. changed it a bit now. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but that was one of the, the criteria. So it was at that stage that I thought, okay. So cool. it's the end of year two? Yeah, it was sort of end of year two, start of start of year three. Mm. So the first 12, 15 months were quite difficult. And then I start, uh, obviously, it started to build momentum. And then by the time it started to click. Mm. So, you know, a lot longer journey than most. You know, most mm. people are 12 months, then it suddenly clicks or some that yeah, clicks yeah, automatically yeah. how you obviously recruiting and managing people in your team now like how long do you typically give people would you say um i would I'd like how what would your advice be to be like look sean if you keep doing this for the next 12 18 months trust me good chance is going to pay off like, I, what's the typical without coming across as a little bit <laughs> I've, I've, with the things that went wrong for me I try and make sure they, they aren't instilled in other yeah, people so I've got a team obviously 11 now where they are all are all perm we've got some good people within that team as well I've got a good structure so these I definitely tell people to give me at least 12 to sort of 15 18, 18 months yeah. you will start to see major re returns mm. um, I would hope month one to 12 they do a lot better than what I did <laughs> um, uh, but you know we're looking to get these guys to sort of 100k 150k and beyond as, mm. as quickly as possible but as long as they want it and can see it's going to happen then yeah, yeah, yeah okay so yeah obviously it comes to the end of year two so you can't see your consultant so that does that just mean then that you that you're you didn't have any management responsibilities then. When did you start managing people? Um, I started managing people. So what, senior consultant after sort of end of year two, started year three, um, did about a year in a senior role. And then it was a, a, a principal or lead consultant role. Again, not really managing anybody. Um, it was at that, it was at Leeds consultant that I started to flourish. Really? Um, just sat there in a corner on my own billing picking up jobs now just, just you know for in comparison to what i've done in the past i was pretty happy with that year um and then the age old like happens with a lot of a lot of firms someone leaves a team lead role on the other side of the, or the end of the office mm. so i get pulled into a, a meeting room 
Sean, I think it's good for your next step if you um, go, and <laughs> go and sit in that seat and uh, start to manage and look after that team. I had ambitions to manage, obviously. Did you, yeah, did you want to manage? Uh, yeah, of course. But I'd spent a year, a year, 13 months of being a bit of a lone wolf, mm-hmm. sat with um, another one of the lads who's now on my team, and we would just work quite independently of the rest of the Yeah, the all business. you had to worry about was yourself. Yeah, so... You, Why, how did that happen then? Why did you start doing that? Um... What, what just you, like how did you end up just like yeah just sort of you two just smashing it out and that uh, sort of thing. it just clicks when it, it's yeah. confidence isn't it when, when you realise something works and you can say something with conviction it yeah. it just clicks and all of a sudden good news rolls you know yeah, yeah. the secret isn't it you know you project to the universe and mm. it comes back and clearly during that period it was nothing but good yeah nothing but good vibes <laughs> <laughs> really yeah so you just, so, but like did it just happen quite naturally that you got to a point where you built up confidence started to build up a network and, and you and whoever it was just was smashing out in the corner just doing your thing yeah you just got left to your own devices uh, uh, just smash it out left to our own devices from management point of view we were coming in with a placement or two a week yeah. um you know, as as we're placement or two a week. Yeah, for a period of time, it was really? good. It was like for what was eight, your best year then? Um, it was by no means was it unbelievable, but my best year was just over sort of two two sixty. So mate, not mate, not, come on, bro, that's not that's uh, that's good. Not not compared to some of the guys that are in, in our uh, organisation, but really? for me, for someone that had been on such a, a journey yeah. of, I was I was living life, and don't get me wrong, during that period, I was I was still working some lower level stuff, so. Mm. If I'd go back to doing that now, the level of roles I would work would be much greater. So I would, I would back myself yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to do more as it were, because I was still picking up some. Yeah, of the so like the volume pieces. of placements you would have made if you'd go back to it now, you would probably result in the greater billings because you would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes definitely. sense. But um, yeah, it was, it was a good year. Okay, let's just let's just talk about that for a sec, and then we'll then let's definitely dive into sort of the management experience because I think that that's where a lot of people can get value. So. Like, firstly, I get questions all the time around Hisham. I'm at the 150 mark, 180 mark. I just, I, I, I can't break this 200k mark. Like, how, what was that experience for you then? Like, was it, was it a gradual, let's just break that down a bit. Like, what, like, was it a gradual sort of increase in sort of your performance or was it? Yeah, I, I, I would say what, I, I, it would have been around, I hear a bit like probably a lot of the listeners, I would have hit about 180 a couple of times. Um, still in okay money. You think, okay, but obviously, I've, you know, these guys around me and in the other offices are doing this. So I've got to start, I've got, I need to find 70K plus from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it was just about being a little bit more ruthless with what I've worked. Mm. You know, back back then, we st- I still worked. That was all on contingency as well. There was no retained business in there. I, you know, I didn't know what retained business was uh, yeah. three or four years ago. Really. All contingent. All contingent, just ratting around with everybody else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just a case of, hang on, I'm going to start to consult. I'm, I'm going to start to build a better relationship with my clients rather than it just to be a transaction of you need a position filling cool give it to me mm. you know and now we've got a relationship still giving me the job you know I, I, more meetings more, more relationship building mm. um you open up more opportunities you know you, you'll hear it today um on the sales floor you know if these guys will give me a job if they've got one i get on well with them you know have you unlocked everything within that organization yeah. probably not um so I, I took the mentality of right i want more is this everything you could be giving me or are there other roles in other sectors and you tend to find that a lot of organizations will say oh didn't know you did that. So I, I, I just opened up companies more, I suppose what I'm trying to well, say. Yeah, yeah. Where, where did that come from though? Was there a strategy behind that? Um, if I'm honest, what, in one of the organisations I was, who were one of my best clients, 
I found out um, when I was doing a little bit of candidate work that they'd hired um, a small project of um, people um, yeah. from another agency. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just, <laughs> just a bit of a slap in the face really. really? Time. Yeah, you, you feel quite yeah, hurt. Like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. And, I thought and, I was all their jobs. Exactly. Um, so yeah, just, just you learn from your mistakes, don't you? Mm. Um, so, so, okay. So, so it was... You, you yeah, had a couple of years where you hit just under 200 and then it was right actually okay so where where can I get sort of another 70k out of out of my desk and obviously typically that can always lead just being like right I need more new clients more new clients well actually it's like well actually so if I've got 10 15 really good clients am I doing everything that I can yeah. with those clients so I guess some really good advice in there is in like right so right now yeah be honest with yourself like have you got a real understanding of their full hiring needs or are you just yeah do they just think that you can just help with this pocket of that that's that's interesting because obviously a lot of people will think that they have to go out and win more business rather than expand the the clients that and relationships already have do you know what i mean yeah exactly and if you're if you're expanding the clients you have um and you're, if, you, if you're building a bit of a, that sort of level of relationship, mm. you know, they know people as well. You know, you don't, it's not always about going out and winning XYZ mm. new clients. It's to say, open up what you've got. See, you know, they get, we get a lot of referrals now from mm. our clients' clients as well due mm. to the level of service we provide. Yeah. So we're getting more and more roles come in that way. Mm. So yeah, it's just about opening up what you've got. Have a look at that first before you move yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Best of like, what do you tell you guys now then when you're talking to them about okay, like, do you feel do you feel like you're doing are you do you feel like you're getting as much out of that client relationship as possible? Like, how how do you encourage people to think or approach expanding accounts? Just just ask this age old ask questions you don't want to hear the answer to, or even oh, yeah. if you think you that's know, big that one. Of course, even if you know, even if you the 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 response is they will. I know my client. That's that's completely fine. Can you just go and ask the question though? Mm. Ask the question, and if the response is the same, great. Let me know. You know, happy days as it were. But just go and ask questions you don't want to hear the answers to, because you'll find either not the if the answers you don't want to hear. The ones you need to hear. Yeah, they are the ones you need to hear. And normally they're not as bad. Yeah. If you hit them. Head so what? On. So from with that, I love that advice. I remember getting that advice myself. I had a few like just shit things happen with candidates and I was and I remember hearing that advice I was like that's exactly what I need to be doing asking the question you don't want to hear the answer to and you're taking a candidate through the process and stuff like that but in terms of an expanding client relationships context what are you saying like um, how many other jobs have you got I don't know like what would you not well, want to hit it's just a case of you know it's all about sort of service level agreement the, the offering the mm. solution we offer we've, mm. we've done very well within this area mm. I see you've got this area and this area how come what, what do we need to do to expand yeah. our service offering yeah. um, it's not sort of or you know you, you're looking at pipeline and so you're looking at the their attention the, yeah. you're trying to open it up that way really okay anything else that you think that contributed you to Hitting those sorts of figures considered to um, what you've done previously? Just ca- stronger on my candidate side. Mm. Um, the ability to, to to work with candidates, um, I was going to say the use of control, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, 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 you controlled more of the... Pro- like, you felt like you had more control managed over the process. Yeah, well, you, you know, someone's on the open market, they say they want 50K, 
um, you get until three interview stages and then it's offer time and they've already got you know the rough stages with other people that 50k becomes 60k because the market's allowed them mm. to you know if, you, if you're talking to a candidate at the start of the process mm. and you know you then you're you're vetting them heavily against the role and then you're going every time you speak to that individual you're um, readdressing the reasons why they're looking to leave their yeah, current yeah. place of work you so know, she's got salary. that a lot more watertight yeah, just at every stage, requalification of, of that candidate. Well, what was what was the market like that you were recruiting then? How difficult and challenge was there any challenges there? Um, the can the, the market niche. No, Microsoft. Net, Microsoft. Yeah. Um, there was more. There was more candidates than there were jobs, and then when I moved over really? to support, to a degree, yeah. I mean, the 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 quality of candidate wasn't necessarily always there but mm. you know we're talking about times where a lot of companies were tightening their belts mm. um and then when i moved over to the infrastructure side when i started to do well mm. um yeah there's there's an abundance of candidates in that market you know two three years on companies have started hiring mm. pretty heavily again so yeah how how did you how did you find the transition and changing slight focus on market how was that um it was pretty seamless really really um I, I'm a big believer in understanding what you're recruiting for, um, mm. understands your marketplace, understand the technologies, understand the, you know, the frustrations that hiring managers have. So I, I just spent a weekend, a couple of weeks, whatever it was, or a couple of weekends, sorry, um, just understanding my marketplace and competing technologies and yeah, mm. just sort of what, and that. What, how was you going about that? Just a simple Google job or yeah, was you sort of relying on the conversations? Google, Wikipedia, looking at forums, mm. um, trying to contribute to a couple of forums on LinkedIn as well, mm. just sort of asking questions. Um, just trying to be inquisitive about my market really mm. I want to know what I'm you know if I'm going to recruit in a certain space I want to know what I'm recruiting for because yeah, better engagement how do you get your people to start learning about their market now those sorts um, of things or the we'll get them to you know sort of presentation in a couple of the week in, within a couple of weeks that outlines that, yeah which outlines their entire market um, the okay. technologies they work the, they're going to work on um, and that's a tech um the training that they'll do will be, you know, obviously Wikipedia, Google, yeah. we'll get them to look at a few um, videos as well and things like that, just yeah. to just try so they can understand what they're, they're recruiting for. Yeah, yeah. Mindset, where does that, where do you think that fit in between, in that sort of process of you doing really well and really starting to build a lot of confidence and up in your performance? How do you think your mindset changed or how, how what did your mindset look like at that stage? I started to believe. Really? Um, I think that's the big thing for me. Mm. I, I'm almost quite a large, I'm sort of a bit of a contradiction. When I first came into recruitment, I didn't want to be a failure, but because I couldn't see the earning potential, even though it was it was there in front of me, you know, mm. the emails were coming around with people 10, 12, 13 grand before tax, mm. you know, then throw the basic on, you know, those sort of emails were coming around all the time, but I couldn't see that I was going to get there. And I suppose the mindset in terms of, I'm guessing I didn't believe that it was in touching distance mm. for me. Um, so when I started to do, when I started to, to fly, it, yeah, the mindset changed. I believed, mm. and I think that's the main thing in recruitment. Mm. Believing in yourself. Yeah. Believing in yourself and believing you can get there. We, we know recruitment's a lucrative industry. We know it can change people's lives. Mm. Um, and it's it hard does. to remember that, though, when early on when you were just fucking everything shit's happening. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like how, yeah, like how do you sort of, 
I guess th that's part of your job now, isn't it? To to make people understand that that isn't they can reach that like as quickly as possible that that they need to believe that and stuff like that. Do you know yeah, what I mean? the, anyone that comes onto my team or within the business understands that typically your first twelve months, mm -hmm. you know, the, the worst twelve months you'll have in recruitment, you'll work harder. Um, for very you know very little reward in mm. some cases yeah. um, but it gets easier it's the job where if you put in the graft from the start and you put in the right level of graft yeah. um, in a you know work smart as well each year that goes by it gets a lot easier and yeah, you start yeah, to yeah. reap the rewards so you, you've clearly sort of always been exposed and, and around sort of some high performers then in the like anything that you've always picked up on those sorts of people then because clearly you really started to get yourself in a mix with her and but there's always still people that you're just obviously aspiring to try and be or be in 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 that sort of area of where the other people are in the business like anything that you picked up on that, um that's worth just work, work smart work hard and work quickly and be prepared to put in well at that time what i took was just be prepared to put in the, the graph yeah the graph the, the hours if needs be um mm some of the best when I was look back to when I first started some of the guys that were doing unbelievably well were the ones that if something did come in they would drop what they had on and they would stay and they would they would mm. work it box it off um, and then they would move on to the next really? um, appreciate recruitment's changed a lot since sort of the boiler room days of then and before I'm sure but yeah. it's just the ability I think to the work ethic still stands though, isn't that yeah of it's course you know, if you take pick up a good brief from a client, you should be looking at as looking at it. Obviously, is what you need to do. But also, this is this is my my next meal ticket. You know, and I need to do this to the best of my ability. Let's get this sorted quickly and let's move on to the next. Mm. Um, so yeah, that urgency work ethic. Uh, that you've yeah, seen the, in these people for years. You'd hear that you know someone would come in for an interview and maybe if they I mean, worked in a, a call center sales call center mm. and you know they used to volume and they, they used to working quickly it'd always be yep yeah, they're good for sort of contract they wouldn't be good for perm which is mm. more process driven but i run a team of perm individuals that i teach to actively you know what yeah, let, the, the urgency is yeah important, isn't it? it's it's you know you, you're there to provide a service you're there to to, to help this client out but let's let's work quickly if he's not if this individual isn't willing to work to our sort of pace then somebody else will because it's a highly competitive market it sounds simple that but you'd be yeah like you'd be surprised at how much of an advantage that actually gives you if you're willing to just have a bit of an urgency around being a perm recruiter do you know what i mean i've had that a couple of times where people have gone from contract to perm and they've said that they've really applied that same urgency to the sort of perm way that they're delivering perm um, recruitment and it's really helped and it 100% can give you an advantage. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. It sounds simple, but um, okay, cool. So ended up then, so did you, you know when you moved over and that person left, the team leads, you then inherited a team? Yeah, inherited a team of three people. Mm. Um, what was that like? Because um, obviously <laughs> normally the typical route is... Yeah, yeah, you sort of typically end up managing the people that you may have obviously been on a similar journey with or been around for a little while. And then it's like, Sean, I think it would be great at you managing. But do you know what I mean? Because it's three, four people, I'm assuming you didn't know. Yeah, well, it, well. Was, it was the lad I was sat next to, so I didn't have a problem oh, right, with okay, that. Sweet. Although um, we were sort of two lone wolves, so for me, Tim to then report into me that he took that well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a good lad, really good lad. Um, I took on, you know, the other three people and just sort of sat in the boardroom with them and just went, right... It's, 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 I'm sat with you boys now. It's, um, it's time to sort of try and turn this around. And they also not doing very well. Um, not, not particularly. Um, okay. They, there was everyone was a little bit green in that team. 
I can't remember sort of the level of experience, yeah, but there yeah. was no one that had been there for a period of time. So yeah, so yeah. There was, you was going into uh, there, some work needs to be done here. Yeah, yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, really. Yeah, and what? And then what? What market was this? Uh, it was IT. So three of the guys did development um, okay. across Java. Dot .NET and PHP. All right, okay. So it's obviously always still IT, but yeah, yeah. slightly different versions, yeah. basically. Okay. So what what went on in, in that period then, mate? Like, uh, so how long did you manage that team for? Um, well, that that's sort of the team. <laughs> in truth, I probably sat there for three or four months and thought, right, I've got to continue billing, but how can I get these lot, how can I get these lot sort of performing to sort of a, a decent level? Um I was still a lead at that point. You've always got to walk the shoe, you know, walk the walk before mm. you're given the job title. So I found it really tough. Really? I'd gone from having absolutely no confidence in recruitment, mm. scrapping away to sort of 12, 15, 16 months, two years of it being good, to then now my next challenge. feel like you're of, back to the bottom again. Just, just sort of a little bit like, well, I know what I need to do, but how mm. do I project that? Into, to others yeah. and how can I make them sustainable self-sustainable while yeah. I continue to hit the same level so I found it really tough to start with yeah. um, luckily what was the most challenging part then? Um, just getting everybody on the same page um, there was a lot there was some sort of there were some bad traits within some of these guys, just in terms of the habits they picked up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're not being managed particularly well. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. there, it was just a, a team that needed a bit of an arm put around it and yeah. a little bit of a push to get them to start doing what they needed to do. But I managed to get them on a, on a reasonable level and then we just started to, to, to fill in. We started to hire more around them. Um, so is this a team that you built up now? Yeah, so I think I grew that team to about six um within sort of the first year and then and bear in mind i had no management experience yeah. and i'm i was quite direct at the time uh direct, I, yeah you, you just in terms of i'd give you feedback at your desk i'll tell you if you've done something well if you haven't done something <laughs> well. i remember a lot of these a lot of what these lads were were working on were sort of my clients as well because uh, i in a certain a certain I worked a certain discipline so if it fell outside of my discipline regardless of if it was my client or not I'd have to pass it so I had additional stresses of I'm giving That's you your some, reputation I'm giving you something to work I've also got to manage you and try and build you up but at the same time I'm really concerned about the mm. level of output of what you're you're, you're giving me back because it's got my name on the emails and the phone calls that go in so we built it to about six. We then dropped it to about four. A um, couple of people, unfortunately, fell by the wayside. Um, and then, yeah, we've been sort of slowly growing, sort of up and down. And now we're sort of at a headcount of 11. Okay. Um, and how long has it taken you? So how long is that little journey there? Uh, that has taken me two years. Two years. Okay. So that let's just talk about that first year then. <laughs> How 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 much of an impact did your billings? Uh, yeah, how much of an impact did your billings take? First year, um, it would. Uh, I think I did about just about two hundred. Because mm. um, I think that that's that's definitely <coughs> what pe some people would be thinking, right? Like management, that seemed like the logical step, but how like how much are my billings going to drop? Yeah, of Do course. You know what I mean, 
it's, like, it's the long game. It's the long game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what kept you sort of kept going then? I just thought that I'm not. I haven't got the sustainability for me personally to continue billing, and mm. I wanted to long. I'm not talking about yeah, 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 yeah long yeah, term yeah. into the future. Um, and I like. I've sort of evolved as a person. I, I, I wanted to challenge myself. So, what you've evolved as a person. Just, uh, I think I've become more hungry. More, mm. I'm. I suppose when that light switch came on I started doing well in recruitment it sort of switched on everything for me really um, yeah I'm just a lot more driven now I'm a lot more mm. the, the resilience and the, mm. the, the mental strength for you're like you're it. like fully committed to this career yeah basically it, to start with it was a bit like is this going to work yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah, not yeah. going to work it, oh I'm starting to earn a little bit more it's getting a bit better oh I've had a good year I believe now yeah um, and then so now you really take what you do seriously so it's like right I want to make the much most out of this as possible absolutely in the first few years um I'm not sure if I took it. Not seriously is probably the wrong word, but I don't think I took I know it as much mean, yeah. pride. Um, mm. So yeah, taking that team, I what dropped about fifty grand in billings or sixty grand in billings, um, and yeah, it was tough. Long term, I could see the goal. I could see, especially yeah. I could see some sprouts where some of the guys were starting to get it, and a couple of my new recruits yeah. were starting to get the the vision and the, the culture that mm. we're trying to implement. How how did you how did you start getting these people to the point where you were sort of happy? Like and obviously yeah, like how what was that process like? Like as you said, you had no management experience. Um, so like, what are some of the things that you started to focus on first? So you just mentioned their line, line vision, all that. Like how, how did you start approaching getting these people? Because I'm sure you just learned along the way and yeah, learned your mistakes and all that. Yeah. But like looking back now, how what are some of the things that you ended up focusing on? Or I think I, you know, I've hired these guys or people, so I've got to put some trust into them. So. Mm. When they were coming to me with slightly new ideas at the start or slightly new ways of looking at things, I'd sort of listen. Um, Whereas before you might have probably... Uh, yeah, it would not. have been a case of, you know, sort of way back when we were heavily KPI focused, you know, call screens on the board of four hours a day, 120 dials and all the rest of it. Um, and they were starting to come to new approaches with me when I took us uh, up the new challenge. So it was about sort of listening to what they've got, repackaging it and basic, and, and yeah. laying on sort of new people. So in terms of, you know, let's, let's look at qualification around the positions we're pulling, that the individuals we're mm. working with. Are we going out to meet them? Are we going out to meet, you know, just the, the nuts and bolts of recruitment. And I stripped it right back and mm. just try to implement very simple. Mm. But the, fir the first thing then was actually being willing to li listen yeah because obviously you got before you got to that point you as you said a bit of a lone wolf you knew what you needed to do yeah to get what you wanted right yeah you know what i mean so like why would you not then that's the typical thing that happens which is challenging right you then why would you not then be like look guys look so if we do this there's a very good chance that we're going to be hitting the numbers that we wanted. Do you know what I mean? But it's not as simple as that, is it? No, it's especially you stick the framework up of right these KPIs and try and attach it to every different market. And it just doesn't work. You mm. know, in the in the support market or the infrastructure yeah, market, yeah. it is all about high numbers. It is because that's what that market sort of dictates. Yeah. It's a bit like test market. Um, but I was asking people with like .NET and PHP, especially and open source and Java to try and hit some of these big numbers. And actually you don't need that in this market. Did that have the reverse effect of like then sort of being like fuck, I've got no chance of hitting this, which um, then damaged the motivation or no, because I tried to do it. It was, <laughs> it was, it was when I realised the the quality of okay, the what, quality, yeah, the, the quality against the framework wasn't working. Mm. Um, and when we started to tail and scrape it back and and, and look at what was needed, mm. that it, it basically clicked for two of the lads, and really? 
from that point, we just sort of implemented, right, your market would typically dictate that you need to sort of, you plan your week around this yeah, yeah. Um, and this, and you, know, and you would try and help that individual into a market. So I suppose just adapting each person to, to what, yeah. what they're working on, really. What, how does how does then managing, um, adapting your management style with these people, how, what's been your journey with that? Um, that must have been interesting <laughs> as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I've gone from being quite direct. I mean, I'm still, I've still got an element of that, but I've gone yeah. from... So what, when you, as, yeah, you said earlier, well, like, good or bad feedback straight at their desk on the phone. Yeah, just like, <laughs> when, when people would be giving, people give you the story, and it's like, just, just you know, Mate, just, 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 just yeah, give me the question, and I'll, I'll ask for the backstory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, we've lost, lost a couple of people through the way, um, along the way, um, and they provided feedback in terms of maybe sort of the styles clashed. Mm. So there's a little bit of self-reflection from me. Okay. Yeah, how hard is it to take that? Um, I agreed with what one one of the individuals that gave me a little bit of feedback, and it wasn't, it was only sort of, yeah, but probably about a year ago, eight mm. months ago. Um, she gave me some feedback and I thought, like, okay, okay. What, well, was what was the feedback? Uh, a little bit, too, maybe a little bit too direct. So, <laughs> uh, okay. The, you know, the sort of the level of tempo that's required to, to work a perm market in my eyes, I didn't quite see. And yeah, so I, I reflected on what was said um, and I, I took it on board. I think you've got to evolve. I'm, yeah. I'm not, you know, two years into sort of leading a team, managing a team, I'm, so exactly so listening to what as long as I agree with what's being said in terms of oh you might have a point I'll take it on board and try and evolve and try and adapt yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and I like to think that's got me to where I am now so uh, yeah. there's little yeah, bit like that I think there's a lot said in that is that just becoming more and more willing to take that on the chin and go right you know what fair enough and then instead of just let it go in one ear and out the other yeah, and likewise, I, I like feedback sessions with sort of certainly them with my team in terms of mm. you know when when I'm doing their reviews, one of the last questions I would have asked would have been, and how am I getting on in your eyes? What what, yeah, what do you need yeah, from yeah. me? How am I? So you're actively them? looking for that. Yeah, looking for it again. You take the feedback. Probably don't give a lot back. Wait until they've left the room, yeah, and then yeah. you digest it a little bit. How um so how and then how what's been your sort of journey and experience in getting better at managing your time. A typical challenge for a lot of billing managers is sort of having enough time to make billing and then also having enough time to manage the people. Like what's been your sort of experience journey with that? Have you- uh, that was tough. That period of when I became a team leader and I had five or six underneath me mm. at that point um, where the emphasis was on me to sort of officially run that team. I was more accountable. Mm. Um, that was difficult because you're trying to help these individuals while maintain your billing. And it took me ages to realize that, again, tr- trust the people around you. I've employed these people be- for a reason. I've trained these individuals up, you know, that they've done the nuts and bolts of the role. Yeah. If they ask a question, just ask it, you know, it's, it's not rocket science, but just ask it back to them. What do you think? And yeah, it took yeah, me, yeah. I, I know it, I'm, no, not, it's not, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but it's no, as mate, simple that's as that. good insight. It's good insight. And if you ask the question and, you know, what do you think, and they don't yeah. give you the right one back, then you help, if not, yeah, so like encouraging people more. It's, this come up quite a bit recently, where like you're, yeah, you become aware that you didn't want to become like the comfort blanket, where it's like, Sean, what do you think of this, or what do you think I should do, and become rather than help them, encourage them to come to the destination, the place themselves, right? And then, and then, did that, did that then mean that you was then getting pulled pillar to post less because? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, the, yeah. Did it, you have a structure it, to your day? Uh, yeah, as a perm consultant, you've got to. How well, um, how did your day typically look then as you were managing these people? It would be when I was a billing manager, um, 
it depends what was on my desk on the day, but it'll either be I was or was that that as a, that of a recruiter? You know, I'd either be looking to, to pull roles or mm. booking meetings both myself and my team, or you know, be doing some resourcing. Or mm. but the day typically would be split between. BD candidates mm. and in, in intervals looking after the team and obviously if they came to me during that period then I would, I would deal with it there and then I'm not, yeah. I'm not a believer in you can only come to my desk yeah, at a yeah. certain time I think that that really. cultivates the wrong culture for me really yeah what's been your um, experience in hiring the type of people that you want in your team that's always a challenge for people like hiring good people for their team yeah How have you got better at that um, again just don't hire with your gut uh, <laughs> don't hire with your gut. Uh, no, is it your gut? Your gut instinct. Yeah, well, just um, don't just rely on that. It's not because you we're, we're recruiters. We're typically good at typically good at our job, but we're terrible at recruiting for our team. Mad, isn't it? We 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 sort of go off gut instinct. You know, someone you know someone walks into the meeting room to, to the back of the meeting room. Well, have they walk there quickly. Yes, no. You know, do, do they look presentable? You know, oh, we got on quite well. They've got similar hobbies, or oh, they've got some sales experience. Yeah. You you just you, you start to, to to bounce around and yeah, you sort yeah, of create yeah. this picture of an individual, and then. They start four weeks later and they're completely different. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's about a little bit more strategic approach. So what was, how have you made it more um, strategic? We've just got a framework in, pra- in place now where we are asking about, you know, can you can you show us sort of uh, different times where, or give examples of when you've shown resilience or when you've changed someone's mind. Just more basic sort of sales-related questions. But it gives us a framework to be able to say, okay. And, and we also throw in a few there um, in there that, are a little bit different purely to to show a bit of you know mental agility like this, this job is all about mental you know tell me something about tell me something about you that's not on your CV you know to people yeah it's like put people's finger on their feet yeah tell me something I don't know what, what, you know yeah. but it can't be on this on this two sheet piece of paper yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Two so, so for you then what what's become better for you for you is that less so than let's have a conversation see how it goes see if we get on if we're like yeah that gut instinct it's, you've actually yeah, put together a bit of a real clean framework and process where if they demonstrate the right qualities against these particular things and there's a good chance that they're going to do well or yeah and it's it's, I mean, it's not not rocket science yeah. it's not reinventing the wheel but i do think that a lot of recruitment companies and yeah, well, you'd be surprised that how many people don't have a framework or some sort of clean process the key things that you always look out for or ask for do you know what i mean yeah and if you do that you are going to hire the same mm. caliber of individual each time you'd mm. like to think mm. rather than just going off like what we said you know, I quite like that person yeah, or, you know, yeah. that person comes across. What, what are the non-negotiables for you now then when you're hiring for your team that um, they have to have or people have to have? I like mental agility. I like people really? that can, can think on their feet. I don't care what what the discussion is. I like people that can turn can, can mm. turn a phrase or can or can give a response. I like people that are resilient. Uh, resilient. Some real mental strength in there. I also like people that genuinely want it Mm. Um, there's a reason for them coming to work every day you know not not just to buy a new car anyone can get a car and finance you, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I like real reasons like you know you've got two kids to support or yeah, you know, yeah, I've yeah. got I mean, I'm in money trouble I, I like people to have a real reason to come to work because A they'll typically get where they need to be much quicker yeah. because there's a real drive behind there but also when they do they are at the stage where they believe they can make money because they are mm. 
they're going to want to stay there and they're going to enjoy it more. So that mm. they're the sort of key things for me, mental agility, resilience. Nice. So haven't been billing now for... Uh, it's not that long. It's only about probably about six months. How's that transition been for you? Uh, initially, it was scary. Really? Well, you've, you've gone from controlling what you earn to a degree to yeah. absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, it's good. It's good. I had a couple of months where the sort of the senior team around me, management, um, have helped me yeah. with some coping strategies and mechanisms to be able to to control what I do on a day to day. So what's what's, what's the what's the objective of your run now then? If you're not um, to improve GP per head um, yeah. and to grow a, a team to be successful around that really. And then what? And then now you what do you have targets around those things? Yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that is a complete different. <laughs> yeah. Especially when yeah, especially when you look at certain positions and you think, oh, I wouldn't have minded that if I was a recruiter. I'd, I'd yeah. How do you deal with that? Like you said, coping mechanisms there. Let's talk uh, a bit about because people will need those. Like people will want those or f- be thinking about. I need some coping mecha- mechanisms or whatever. Like what are some of the things that will help you through that transition? Then just having someone to act as a soundboard, someone to yeah. just sit the other side of a desk or go for a coffee with who. We'll just listen to you for five, ten minutes and then... Just How do you think I'm... Do you think I'm doing this right? Or yeah, or this has happened or that's happened or this has happened. How do you think and I should deal with it, approach it? Yeah, and, and, and the, what, it's just like what my team do to me. If, if mm. they ask a question and then I ask, you know, ask them what do they think, they, mm. they give me... Yeah. They, you know, my manager's only doing... <laughs> he's only doing the same thing to me, but it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I have that as a coping mechanism. And is that um, obviously someone in the business? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. He's... Um, yeah, he, he's he's worked really well. He's been where you have and sort of walked the path. That's yeah, obviously yeah, so like a mentor, right? Yeah, and he's you know things aren't always too bad. Look at this and look at that. So yeah. it's 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 just about taking a step back, breathing, mm. and realizing, you know, we're not in a bad place. We're do, we're doing pretty well. Um, but you know, when you're just not you're not controlling anything, you know, you, you can know. be even more hard on yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. Yeah. But no, it's good. Really good. I'm enjoying it. You really are enjoying it. it. Yeah, massively. Really? Massively. I, I get so much joy now, which... Like from seeing other people do well? Yeah. It's mad that. Where does that come from? <laughs> like, wh- it's wh- mad. Where, where does that happen? When, does, when do I get in the morning and look at people's figures and then start talking to them about the next incentive saying, you know, you're only this away yeah, or that yeah, away? Yeah. Or I genuinely get excited when someone... Yeah, where does that come from? Like... The old me, when I was on the transitional periods, or yeah. or when I was doing well on my own, if I see someone doing a little bit better than me, oh. there's like, yeah, there's a little bit of jealousy there. Yeah, but good jealousy, but like, oh, yeah, why is that yeah, not yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. And now it's someone within the team does mm. something well, or, or even someone within the wider business. I'm generally happy for them. I don't, that's I don't awesome. know where that comes from, but yeah. Well, it seems like you're in the right job then, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of things on, couple of things on on that, mate. Before I ask you. Um, couple of things on resilience and as we wrap up um like now as you like clearly then you've been on a you've just been really honest with your sort of management journey like what what are some of the things that you've that you've done or obviously consistently do now that you think have, have really enabled you to sort of empower your team to get the best out of them and obviously it's still an ongoing journey but just for those listening that are managing and obviously it's a constant battle and process of trying to get the most out of your team but what are some of the sort of things that you've seen or <coughs> you've done and been part of that you feel like has really empowered the people around you do you think um trust them trust mm. them more give them more responsibility how can you start trusting people more um i think you just have an open conversation with people in mm. you know on a one-to-one basis and sort of gauge gauge where they are 
in their journey with the role and if they want mm. uh, if they want to be part if they want to be part of something you can you can get that vibe if yeah. they show an interest out, outside of what they're doing um, outside of what they're doing in the wider business yeah. um, it just starts with a conversation and, mm. and then you sort of learn who needs who needs support who doesn't need support who needs an arm around the mm. put an arm around them who needs a little sort of kick up the backside from time to time mm. um, it just starts with a conversation and then once you learn to trust people you can then empower them and then they they start to do you know you have champions within your team and they start to do your role for you you almost make yourself redundant if you can do it well enough yeah yeah so you think it all starts with really starting to breed trust with people? And yeah, once once the training process is through, once the you know they've been given the core, they're capable of doing their job and they're capable of taking advice and capable of mm. um, sort of delivering to a certain degree. You, and you start feeding in more responsibilities and, and, and more sort of trust points. Mm. That just cultivates such a team mentality, and and, and culture is a big element as well. You know, you can you can some teams, they are a set of lone wolves, and that is, I wouldn't want to manage me if I was sat around four or five people back then because mm. you want everybody to be involved in everybody's business and everybody to be championing each other. So it's collaborative. Yeah, without doubt, because positivity spreads. Um, and while someone was sat there at the moment or the list, a listener might be thinking, well, I don't care what you know the person next to me does. It's all about me. That doesn't directly affect my billings. But if you've got a desk that's or a bank that, that's bouncing and everyone's happy and everyone's the productivity's up, people are selling not only their services for the roles that they want, but it goes back to opening up accounts. You know, mm. that you, you, the people next to you are now selling to clients and trying to pull you roles. Mm. So I do think that so you've seen you've seen a, a lot in yeah making more of a collaborative environment yeah, rather definitely, than definitely definitely. How have you that anything? Um, that? If I'm being completely honest, I, mm. I, I, I don't know. It, mm. It's 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 something I just install into everybody. You know, so, um, what, so you communicate it to people early that look, this is this is obviously you have your own individual things, but. This is this we're a team, and I'm assuming you communicate that quite early. Yeah, I, I suppose going back to that, when I was doing well, if somebody was sat to the left and somebody was sat to the right to me, no matter how much good news I had, I wouldn't be that sort of person to openly go above and beyond shouting it out, yeah. um, Wolf of Wall Street type, because I was very aware that the two individuals next to me might be having a bit of a shitter, mm. and I've been there, so mm. they don't necessarily want to see me jumping up and down going you know going over the yeah, top yeah, yeah. so i have cultivated that too and we celebrate everybody's um, yeah, okay, everybody's nice. victories but okay. we... i like that um last thing before um ask some question around uh, resilience what what are some of the common things that you've seen in the people that you've managed and um managing now that you think sort of can that holds them back on really hitting their peak performance anything that you picked up there uh it goes well i said belief really belief um, no matter what, no matter what people say um, or think, I truly believe that there's a gap between when you, you first start and to when you even start performing to a, a semi-reasonable level. Mm. There's this, so there's an element of belief of, am I am I going to get there? Yeah. This seems a bit a bit of a reach. You know, you go into any recruitment firm and it's the big the best billers are doing well and they've been there for quite a while yeah. so luckily in our office and in our organization we've got a few new people that have started i'd say within the course of a year who are doing very well mm. and you actually find that that 
that creates a different culture because mm. the new people, that, new recruits are coming into the organisation are seeing these people that aren't too far away from them yeah. doing very well. So I think yeah. belief is key. Belief, yeah. No, it, it's true. It's like when you, when you're a recruiter and you truly believe that when you're on the, when you speak to a client candidate that you truly believe you're the best person they should be speaking to. That's just so powerful to really truly believe and embody and have that mindset. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. That is the game changer. Um, all right. Couple questions around resilience, mate. And then I'm gonna ask you the final question. All right? All right. So, first one. What what does re- resilience in recruitment mean to you? Sticking at it. Mm. Being being prepared to to roll your sleeves up and get stuck in. Mm. Um you're gonna you know, you're faced in a you're in an environment, you find yourself in an environment that even if you're you're good at what your job, sixty percent of the time people are gonna say no or put the phone down or you know, mm. shut that door. So it's about just being the best version of yourself mm. at every stage of every call um, and just driving that forward and being prepared to just, just keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. Look, you've been in recruitment for a while. So like how, how has the importance or need for resilience changed as the industry's evolved, do you think? Um, it's still required back when I started. It was purely, as I think I said at the start of uh, this piece, it was purely hard work, yeah. hard work. Now resilience, um, is, it comes in slightly different forms. You've got to be creative mm. in how you approach the market and what you do. Mm. Um, so it's still there heavily, mm. but I think it's just, you've got to be a little Diff- bit different approach. Different. Yeah. Okay. And then what, and this is obviously something that you have to do, I guess, what, what can people do themselves to instill more resilience in themselves and also what can people do themselves to instill um, resilience in their teams? Um, I would say just be open. Things like podcasts, mm. do you know what I mean? Like do some reading, look at look at other instances where people have have been down and out and have succeeded and mm. just, just widen, widen your horizons that way really. Perspective. Um, yeah, perspective, massive it's massive for me um, mm. it's helped me go from being a nervous wreck with the team thinking how am I gonna how am I gonna sort of you know mm. control what I earn to actually I've got to trust these guys mm. so, so that's what I would say so yeah cultivate people to yeah look, look out learn I like it mate um, so before I ask you the final question what what is uh, Sean Taylor excited about in 2020, mate? What is uh, uh, going on? Are you hiring for your team? Um, yeah, hiring for, always on the lookout for, for strong individuals. Yeah, but we are hiring in your LinkedIn name, have you? Uh, Everyone has that. I don't know, actually, maybe. Big capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, 2020, how's it looking, mate? Um, what are you excited about? Yeah, no, good. Um, we won team of the year last year. Um, and we oh, were nice. against some pretty heavy teams. So we got Team of the year? What's that down to? Uh it's down to sort of money brought into the business um, sort of new money brought into the business as it were not sort of existing really? contractors or anything what like that what did you do mate come on uh, we did just over a million really um, and that was how many of you new business uh, that was about about six to seven a few, really? a few rookies in there that sort of were just resourcing but yeah six not to seven that, yeah no good so really good that, so how does that work out average, is that how you do it like average GP per head yeah um, you know, so head counts vanity it's all about sort of yeah, what, exactly. it's all about what so what does that look like then um, they it's 11, 12 grand 13 grand per head really um, for a period of time 
but my mom. it's yeah, it's um, it's not bad, that is it? No, it's, it's good, it's good. And obviously, Mate, that's that's got- congrats, man. Obviously, you're in a big organization as well, there's a lot of people in that business, so to sort of win accolades like that, that's no joke, right? It's a real no, achievement. Not from where the perm team's been, it's an, yeah, it's an yeah. absolute accolade. I'm really proud of that, really, really proud, so yeah, really good. Yeah. Love that. So, final question, mate. Yep. If if Sean could communicate to every single recruiter out there, they'd listen, they'd take on your advice, they'd implement it tomorrow, what would Sean be saying to the people? What comes to mind, mate? What would you say? Uh, my, my piece to anyone listening would be um, just continue to put one foot in front of the other, um, stay in there and consult both your candidate and client. You know, don't be a yes man or woman uh, and just offer the best service you can um, and just stay in there it it comes it comes in the end love it Sean it's been a pleasure mate cool cheers mate thank you thank you so much for listening to the podcast I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you if you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests then please get in touch with me best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazuz and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.